must be forever alert, protecting his position of dominance. Yes, you are tuned in to 28 Minutes or Less. It's your boy, S. Foster. And the subject matter today is actually two things, but it all but it also correlates into one thing, right? Um, the subject matter today is going to be best sports movies of all time, right? But what I also want to start with is something that is a sports movie. But I had the pleasure of seeing Creed 2 Thanksgiving Day. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, look, because you got to think about it. A lot of movies came out this year. You know, you had Black Panther back in February. You know, you had um, um, Avengers, Infinity War, both great movies. Uh, It seems like. I mean, it's the end of November. By the time this come out, it may be um, December. No, it'll still be. It'll still be. But like, this was February. We seem to forget that Black Panther came out this year, which was a great movie. You know, you had Halloween to come out, which I had my little disputes with Halloween. But it's been a lot of good cinema to come out this year. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say Creed 2 might be the best movie to come out this year. Um, Creed 2 was... It was great writing. It was great directing. It was great acting, storyline, everything. I had absolutely no complaints with Creed 2. And when you talk Creed, you have to talk Rocky. And, you know, when, when you sit back and you think about the Rocky story, and now, because I don't consider Creed another franchise to me it's just continuing a franchise that started back in i believe the first rocky came out in 1976 so you just continuing it with another character which correlates with the first because see if you go back rocky fought apollo creed in one lost fought apollo creed two were in rocky two and won that time and then you go on to Mr. T and Rocky 3. And then you go back to Apollo Creed. And he fought Drago the Russian. He lost. Not only did he lose, but he dies. And then you come back with Rocky 5 with him fighting Drago. And then, you know, then you go into Tummy Guns. And then it got crazy with Rocky Balboa. I don't even know why that movie even came out, but that's besides the point. But what the point is. The fact that when you pick up with Creed, okay, so you got Creed 1 to come out. And so you find out that this kid was basically the bastard son, um, you know, from a, um, from Apollo Creed. You know, he finds out that he was his dad, all this stuff. He was a troublemaker, got into fights, but he wasn't really a fighter. He just got into a lot of fights. And then so he goes out to Philly, meet with Rocky. And what I like about his character is... His character is really, he's a very emotional character. Um, He loves hard. The very first time he met Rocky, he called him Unk. And then they developed this relationship, you know what I'm saying, of like 
a uncle nephew type of relationship. And when you look back at Creed one, you know, even preparing for his fights because Rocky had got cancer, you know, and so he went with him to chemo. He went with him like he just really, you know what I'm saying? He just really like the, the bond between them was so strong. It's 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 hard to really explain it to someone who don't really love hard, I would say. And you know, so I'm not gonna get so much into Creed One, but like I'm only mentioning that so I can go into Creed Two to also continue that somewhat of a friendship but kind of more of a family type thing. And what I liked about this movie was you got more of Drago's story in this one. And it started out, it started out with Drago running with his son, Victor Drago, right? Okay. And it says that they're in the Ukraine. Basically, to sum it up, Drago and his son, Victor, well, let's just say Drago. Drago, after he lost to Rocky in five, part five, Russia turned their back on him. Not only did Russia turn their back on him, his wife left him. So, not only did she leave him, but she left her son, too. So, now, Drago and Victor Drago has this beef with Rocky. You know what I'm saying? Because they felt that Rocky kind of ruined their life, ruined their career, all that type stuff. So, when they threw the challenge out to fight Adonis Creed... He immediately took the fight. He like, look, that dude, father killed my dad. So I'm going to whoop his son ass. Rocky's like, you shouldn't take this fight. He's like, I'm taking this fight. I'm doing it. I don't care. No, no, no. All this type of stuff. So Rocky's like, look, if you're going to take this fight, then I'm not going to be in your corner. And so Rocky chose not to be in his corner. And this is another thing that was great about this movie. He fought. Drago twice. Now, yes, I'm spoiling it in this movie because by the time this come out, it's been a week. If you ain't seen it by this point, then I don't know what to tell you. So he fought him twice. The first time he fought him, whooped his ass. Adonis got his ass whooped. But he ended up staying the heavyweight champion because he had a fight before that one. He stayed the heavyweight champion because... Drago, Victor Drago got disqualified by punching him while he was down on one knee, not shut out of him. So Rocky flies out to LA because I skipped the part. The dude that he, he fought for the title was trained by the same guy's son that trained Apollo Creed. He's his son. So when he flew out to LA, he went to the guy that trained his dad to train him. 
So he loses the fight. No, no, no. So he's in the hospital. Rocky flies out to L.A. And there's a scene where Adonis is in the bed. Like, oh, so you want to come see me now? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's crying. He's all emotional and all this type stuff. And, like, he's kind of, like, shutting Rocky out because he felt like Rocky didn't come to him. Well, he felt that Rocky didn't have his back. And he also felt that Rocky said that he would lose. And he, in his mind, he did lose. But the thing is, he was real, like, he was real fucked up. Like, you know, he had serious problems after he lost that fight. Um, he, cause he, he cracked some ribs. Um, he damaged his liver, all that type stuff. So it took him a while, you know, to get his mojo back. And Drago kept calling him out. But also to, to, to go along with that, that hospital scene was, look, I almost cried three times during this movie. And that was one of the times, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get everything in this movie. And with also watching the story of this movie, you get the Rocky feel. Because when you when you think about Rocky, Rocky fell in love with, you know, uh, 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 Adrian. And... Sorry, people. And he fell in love with Adrian. You know, then she had a child and nah, nah, nah. So it's like... You know, Rocky got his boxing career going on, but also, you know, he got his love life. He got regular life dealing with fame and all this type of stuff. And see, and Adonis is dealing with the same stuff that Rocky was dealing with. And so when he's all banged up, he finally get his ribs to heal. You know, he, uh, you know, get his mojo back finally to, uh, to fight Drago again because Drago called him out. Again, because he said he didn't feel like he was a real champion. And then Drago's dealing with what he's dealing with. But then all of a sudden, Mom Dukes want to pop back up in the picture. And, you know, so he's dealing with, like, this chick left us. Like, why why should we, you know, accept her back in our, you know, back in our corner when she, you know, left us for all this time? So, like I say, like, there's this dynamic of two guys that are that are really hurting. You know what I'm saying? And so the emotion of this fight is crazy. And something that I like, because like, see, you also have to understand, like there are other characters and like, so Adonis proposes to his girl. And then also her music career is taken off. And what I liked about it most is when he came out to fight Drago the second time, she was the, she's not a man, but you know, the hype man, you know, when, you know, just like in, um, what's my movie called? The Great White Hope. When, um, when Damon Wayne came out, he had, um, Method Man singing, I came to bring the pain, you know, all that type stuff. Like she brought him out to the fight, which I thought was really cool. But I mean, I'm not going to make this whole thing about Creed 2, man, because I, I got a whole bunch of other stuff to get into, but it was a great movie. It was greatly done. I love everything about it. I have absolutely no complaints about it. Creed 2, already, I've only seen it once, but it is all, it is in my great sports movies of all time. Also, the Rocky movies. Um, my favorite one 
Um, it sucks. Like one and two was cool. I I didn't feel three as much. Um, four and five was really good. Um, I didn't care too much for the one with Tommy Guns in it. Rocket Balboa was trash. Um, but I love how they kept this thing going. It, it was really great. Um, I'm gonna keep it in the field of fighting. Um, kickboxer, kickboxer, John Claude Van Damme. Um, that was a great movie, a great sports movie. Um, you know, he was revenging his brother who got his back broken in a fight against this big ass. Like, I don't even know what the dude was, but like that movie was off the chain, came out in the eighties, you know, back when John Claude Van Damme was the man, um, out in the middle of like the Philippines or something, I don't know where the hell he was. He had this one dude to train him, and um, you know he uh, you know, the storyline of that movie was good. I love the kickboxing man. Um, also another John Claude Van Damme movie, Bloodsport. Bloodsport was actually based on a true story, but some dude uh, God, what was his name? Something, something Dukes. Uh, damn, I cannot believe I cannot remember his name. But Bloodsport was really good, man. That was back when martial arts movies was the shit, man. Because you got to think about it. Like, both of those movies came out in the 80s, and then you also got The Last Dragon. I don't know if you really can consider The Last Dragon a sports movie, but it had kickboxing in it. The Last Dragon is one of, like, the all-time underrated movies. Like, you can't even, like, I could go on and on and on about Bruce Leroy. I'm telling you. Uh, Enter the Dragon was also good, a martial arts movie on um, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, you know what I'm saying, greatest of all time. Debate me, argue with me, I don't care. There's nobody out there that got anything on Bruce Lee when it comes to fighting. Point blank, period. Um, You know what I'm saying? Million Dollar Baby. I actually watched that the other week. Um, I was never really a huge... um, What's, what's his name? Uh... Clint Eastwood. I'm not a huge Clint Eastwood guy, but um, but he he's had some good movies as of late. Like uh, Gran Torino was good. It's not a sports movie, but I'm just talking about Clint Eastwood. Um, that Gran Torino was good. Uh, Million Dollar Baby was good. Um, he had another joint that was good. Um, can't think the name of it. But Million Dollar Baby was good. Man, Hilary Swain did a great job in that movie. Man, um. Another thing that like like what happened to Adonis. I mean, um, he got hit illegally. Um, but it, what happened to him didn't happen to Hillary Swain. Like Hillary Swain got hit illegally in her head, ended up hitting the stool, and then she ended up, you know what I'm saying, getting paralyzed or whatever she was, and you know she asked Clint Eastwood to end her life and all that type stuff, but. You know, a uh, million dollar baby was good, man. It was it was a really really good sports movie, man. Um, Major League, Major League was a really good movie. Um, I'm not I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but that movie was funny as hell. When I tell you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Charlie Sheen in it. You had a uh, uh, Wesley Snipes. You know what I'm saying? Back when Wesley Snipes couldn't do anything wrong, Charlie Sheen too. You know, Charlie Sheen had a role where he couldn't do anything wrong. 
And, you know, so Major League, man, was a really good uh, sports movie. Um, another baseball movie that was really good was The Sandlot. Man, you got to think about it, man. I was born in the 80s. The Sandlot, you know what I'm saying, was that deal. Um, you know, a bu bunch of kids, man, uh, just, just wanting to play baseball, man. Um, you know, um, when, the, when the ball went over the fence that was done, they had to scrap up some change. You know what I'm saying? To get a new baseball, but then my man. See, now this is the thing about kids. Okay, kids don't seem to understand. Like, you, you, if 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 you see a ball, okay, in a trophy room, don't touch that fucking ball. Point blank, period. You don't get a ball with a signature on it and play baseball with it. Come on, got to get it together. But the sandlot. Was a really, 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 really good movie, man. Um, I think that's all the baseball movies I got down. Um, so I'm gonna do basketball. Space Jam. Yes, it's a cartoon. Space Jam is the all-time animated film of my lifetime. Well, I don't know, man. The Lion King is up there. But Space Jam, you know what I'm saying? You got the Toon Squad. You know what I'm saying? You got the, the, the Jordan 11s, the Space Jams that came out. It's probably like one. I'm trying to think, is it the most famous Jordan? Because that color is off the chain. But you have Toon Squad. I actually had one of those Toon Squad jerseys back in the day. One of the Michael Jordan jerseys. You know. Um, I'm trying to think. Did that movie come out in 96? It was like it was either 94, 95, 96. I can't remember. But I had one of those Toon Squad Michael Jordan jerseys. So Space Jam is definitely up there. Space Jam 2 is supposed to be coming out. As we can see, um, LeBron James is going to be on the Toon Squad. Um, I'm trying to figure out who's he going to put in there with him. I got a feeling. Because you got to remember, Bill Murray was in that movie. I got a feeling Kevin Hart's going to be in that movie. I'm just going out on them, man. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I just got a feeling that he needs a comedic person to play that part of Bill Murray. And I just got a feeling it's going to be Kevin Hart. Okay. Sticking with basketball. Loving basketball. Come on, man. I know it's a love story. Loving basketball used to be, look, man, that was back when Omar Epps had his run going. Loving basketball, man. When you watch Loving Basketball, that made you want to. If, if you was heavy in the basketball, it made you want to date a girl that was heavy in basketball. Like, loving basketball was... I can't even find the words for it, man. One, one, one of the greatest sports movies of all time. I'm not, I, I can't go no more. It, it was just one of the greatest ones. Um, Sunset Park. People forget about Sunset Park. Sunset Park was a really, really really good movie um you know that was back when Terrence 
uh, Terrence Howard was young. Oh, yeah, Terrence Howard. You had my dude from Onyx in there. Um, it was just one of those movies about an inner city school that had. Oh, yeah. How can I forget about that? Oh, I get in that later. I get in that later. I just thought of something. But, you know, a, a team that was coached by a woman, people didn't respect the team because it was coached by a woman. And, like, so they kind of just. They kind of just threw that team off because they was like, oh, well, it's coached by a white woman in the inner city school. No, 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 all this type of stuff. They went on a run. I can't remember exactly. I think they end up losing. I don't think they end up winning in that movie. But um, Sunset Park was really good, man. Coach Carter, man. Coach Carter, um, which is now one of my son's favorite movies. He loved watching Coach Carter um, based on the true story. Um you know, and the big the big thing about uh, that movie was the fact that they was undefeated, and he was the coach that took grades seriously, and like he had them sign contracts. And if you think about it, he didn't ask for much. He asked for a two point five GPA, and to show, I think the contract said a two point five GPA, uh, where suit well a tie to away games, you know, and. That wasn't asking for much. And the guys wouldn't go to class that didn't have a 2.5 GPA. Like, and he wanted the team to have a 2.5 GPA. And he had this one player on his team. He would always be like, he would say something, but like, okay, right. He was like, well, coach, I got a 3.8. And he was like, yeah, but everybody else don't. Like, it, he was trying to get him to see as a, as a collective, he wanted them, nobody to be left behind, basically. And... So that was a big thing with them, and then they ended up going in the playoffs and, you know, all that type of stuff like that. But um, Coach Carter was a very, very, very good movie, man. Um, Glory Road. Glory Road, uh, another based on a true story. Um, it was about the Texas Western team, which is known as UTIP now, um, Texas of uh, El Paso. That's what the school is called now. But what makes that story great is <coughs> – excuse me. What made that story great is it was the first time a coach, he was, Don Hopkins was a female basketball coach in high school. Gets the Texas Western job. Um, it wasn't a good job. Um, and he recruited, I think, eight black players in the 70s. But you got to understand it was unheard of back then. Most teams only had two if, if they had any black players, they would only have two. And they get, you know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of racial tension going throughout the movie, things like that. And, um, you know, and I was having to explain to my son about some of the stuff that happened in that movie. And basically what Dunn Hopkins did was, because he kept hearing about, oh, you got so many black players. You're telling me you can't win without them. Why? You know, they're not intelligent enough to win. And then you got the black players dealing with stuff like, you know, being called nigger. They got, you know, drinks being thrown on them. They're getting beat up at places. They can't stay at some hotel rooms, all kinds of stuff like that. Right. And so what ended up happening was. He heard someone say, well, there's no way in hell an all black team can beat an all white team. So what he ended up doing was he sat down and talked to his players and said, look, y'all, this is what I'm going to do. I'm only going to pay the black players 
in the national championship game. Matter of fact, I said the 60s. I mean the 70s. This happened in the 60s. And um, so he took his eight black players and only played them, and they beat the powerhouse Kentucky with Adolph Rump as their coach to win, I think, the only championship ever at that school against the powerhouse Kentucky. And um, great story, man, Um, especially if you're a history buff like me. um, That is a really, really good movie. Blue Chip. People forget about Blue Chip. Blue Chip had Shaq in it, Anthony Hardaway in it, well, Penny Hardaway, whatever you want to call him. Um, and Blue Chip was basically about this college, you know, this college coach. He was a great coach. You know, he started slipping. He started having some losing seasons. And one thing he never wanted to do is he never wanted to cheat. And his job was on the line. He was starting to lose. So he went out on a limb and started doing what most colleges do. Players start asking for things. And he started giving things. And then he just got fed up with it. It was like, man, I can't do this anymore. All he wanted to do was coach. But college basketball got so crazy to where you couldn't get good players unless you gave the players what they asked for. Yeah, one player asked for a tractor for his dad. He got him that tractor. Uh, you know, another player wanted this. You know, it, it just got crazy. And then, you know, he had one player that was, you know, he didn't know it at the time, but like like a year or two beforehand, he was shaving points, you know, for money and all that type of stuff like that. So basically, Blue Chip is a movie that exposes the bad stuff about college basketball. And it was a really, really good movie. It had my man Nick Noel in it. You know, um, so if you're looking for a, a, a good basketball movie that exposes, you know, stuff that still goes on today. It's a little different today. But, you know, that exposes things that goes on today in Blue Chip. The Blue Chip came out back in the 90s. Um, Cool Runnings, you know, um, about a bobsled team from Jamaica, um, the first team to qualify or whatever, whatnot, and it was a comedy movie, it was, it was a very, very good movie, man, um, but you know, about, um, the, uh, all-black team, bobsled team from Jamaica, because they was like, how can you play in the winter games when there's no winter in Jamaica, you know, but, um, Cool Runners was a really, really good movie. You know what I'm saying? It had a lot of comedic things in it. Um, Jerry Maguire, man. Jerry Maguire, you know, I mean, you know, it was about a basketball agent. Not a basketball agent. A football agent who was fired, started his own thing, and he had one client. He put all of literally – all his chips in the one basket in the one player who was, I guess you could say, kind of difficult to deal with. Um, he wasn't a prototypical player. He wasn't a prototypical, uh, uh, prototypical size. And it's also a love story, too. But, like, it showed, it, I think it changed being the agent forever. Because it showed the personal relationship that guys could have with their agent. See, some guys just sign with an agent for money. And 
what Jerry Maguire showed was the emotion that he had for his one client. You know, it made it more than about money. It made it about, oh, man, like if this guy's going to be handling things for me, we're going to have to see if we're going to be friends, too, because there's, there's also a friendship, you know, thing there, you know, what I'm saying that you have to have. And uh, so Jerry Maguire was a very, very, very good movie, man. Um, I'm going to get into some football. Remember the Titans. Now, when Remember the Titans came out, it came out at a very, very good time. Um, that movie came out when I was in high school. And when we... When we want, well, when we was going to state, they took us to the movies to go see that movie. It's another older movie. It's another movie about race. I'm, I'm, I'm big advocate of movies about race. It was about the first integrated school, and I don't know if it was the first one, but they integrated the football. That was the first integrated football team to win a championship in Virginia. They went undefeated, and um, and what it was about was. Like I say, that he uh, Denzel Washington played the coach. He ended up taking the head coaching job from a guy who they thought was going to get the job. Um, so they had their own problems because he was the defensive coordinator and all that type of things. And um, so they, had, like I said, they had their problems. They had to work out their racial stuff, and the team had to work out their racial stuff too. So you sitting here playing football with a whole bunch of guys. That, you know, some of these guys don't like these guys. Like, half of the team is divided. You know, you know, you know, what, what ended up happening was the defense just came really tight with the defensive guys and the offensive guys were really tight with the offensive guys. Like, at first, it was black and white, and then it turned into offense-defense, what it's supposed to be. Um... I just personally feel like I feel like there's no room for racism at all. But like, you know, but I'm just talking sports like there's no there, there's no need for racism in sports. Like, you know, when, when you play a sport, especially like football, man, you're supposed to be there for your brothers. You know, you, you form a brotherhood, you know. Um, so remember, the Titans was one of those movies that was just, you know, came out at a perfect time. Um we, we need another movie like Remember the Titans. But it also turned out to be a great story. A lot of guys that was on that high school football team went on to do great things with their life. Um, The program. Wait a minute. Before I go to the program, Varsity Blues. I know you remember Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. What now? Varsity Blues came out when I was still in middle school, and when I was seeing the way dudes was getting hit in Varsity Blues, but it made me kind of question football a little bit. Varsity Blues was an all-time movie, man. And, and when you think about like the cast that was in it, well, not really the cast. I mean, you had um, what's my man name? I forget my dude's name. Dude that played Mox. I can't remember his name. But you had uh, uh, Paul Walker in it, and my dude, uh, I can't remember none of their names. But, like, 
You know, but even he had, even that movie dealt with some racism because, like, the running back was black and the coach who was played by, uh, 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 God, what's my dude's name? Playing the Anaconda and all that stuff. Playing my favorite John Ray Donovan. I can't remember my man's name. But, like, you know, he was, like, the great coach of, of that time and he won so many championships and won so many divisional championships. He's, you know, like, so this town is being basically ran by this one head coach. And what made Varsity Blues great was when the quarter when the starting quarterback that was headed to Florida State goes down, he had to put the backup in. Backup in goes in, just completely destroys the football field, but he did it in his own way. And called the coach out. You know what I'm saying? And that was that showed that no matter how great a coach is, like, dude, you still can be wrong. There is a way to treat people. And he didn't treat his players the way that they should have been treated. So, but, but, but there's a lot of other stuff that goes on with Varsity Blues. But Varsity Blues was a great sports high school movie. You know what I'm saying? And, you know what I'm saying, a whipped cream bikini thing. I still have not seen that to this day. But it's all good. Um, like I mentioned, man, the program. Now, the program is another. It's like blue chips, but the football blue chips. Um, it exposes college football. Um, not only does it expose college football, but Fun fact about the program. It was filmed in Columbia, South Carolina. It was filmed on um, USC's campus. So I played on the same field as Omar Epps, which is kind of cool. But the program, like, you know, like like one player, like, you know, he had this, this one linebacker, right? Came from nothing. Mom lived in the slums. Um, he was just a physical specimen, man. Probably was going to be a first, second round pick in the draft. Tore his leg up. Another dude on the defense was straight up scrub. Um, puts on like 50 pounds in the offseason. Becomes this monster. He's on the roids. Um... Then you got the quarterback who comes from a family of drunks. He's a drunk. Um, he has all these expectations to win the Heisman. Come into the season and kind of pisses that away. Have to end up going to rehab in the middle of the season. Um, then you got the running back position, which was... Omar Epps was the, the hot shot freshman coming in. They already had a starting running back, but he brought this different dynamic to the football team, which he ended up taking the starting running back position. And not only did he take the starting running back position, but he took his girl in the process. Man, tell me how gangster is that? I'm telling you, you take his position and his girl, which his girl was played by Holly Berry. Come on, man. You got to do better. But um, 
Yeah, but you know, it showed the uh, the uh, you know the little, the little you know go to the booster thing, the little slip of money in the in the you know in the in the coat pocket, you know, and um and my man that played in misery, he was the head coach of that team, and um you know he had his own issues that was going on, but the program the program was a really really good movie, man, um underrated movie, um I would suggest for anybody to go see that. The Express. The Express was about the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy, Ernie Davis. Ernie Davis went to Syracuse after Jim Brown was there. And then Floyd Little was to follow. And they had this thing where they wore the number 44. like Kind of like how Simeon High School do... um, Ben Wilson, they wear 25 to honor the best player. Like they wore for like Jim Brown wore 44, but then Ernie Davis wore 44 because of Jim Brown, and then Floyd Little came after Ernie Davis and wore 44. And what made Ernie Davis' story even more special was the fact that Ernie Davis died from leukemia um, when he got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, so he would have been in the same backfield as Jim Brown. Um, but he ended up dying. And, and if you don't notice, and a lot of people don't know, but the Cleveland Browns, there's no number 44. That's because when they drafted him, they reti- when he died, they retired his number. So that's one thing that that um, that they got right by retiring his number. But um, like I said, he was the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, great running back. He seemed to be a great guy. Um, drafted by Cleveland Brown. Never got to play a game. Um, but that was a really good movie. Before I get, I'm, I'm to the second to the last thing that I want to talk about. And I should have spoke about this earlier, but I skipped over it. I missed it. He got game. Not only is he got game one of the best ba- basketball movies, I would say out of all the ones I got on there, loving basketball is a close second, but he got game is the best. You got Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, um, Jake Shuttlesworth, played by Denzel Washington, directed by Spike Lee. It also shows you the inner workings of what happens to some high school kids, um, money being involved. But he was dealing with his father being in jail for life because his father got arrested for uh, accidentally killing his mom um, during an argument. Um, But he got game. It's one of those movies where you sit around and you, you, you don't want a movie that was great to be remade. And I don't want it to be remade. But I just wish that they could have found a way to do what he got game two, to kind of finish the story. We don't know if Jake got out. You know what I'm saying? We still we still sitting here not knowing did Jake ever get out of jail? You know what what does Jesus do? Like 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 there's still some questions unanswered about that movie that I need to be answered. So Spike Lee, y'all gotta get it together. You Ray Allen, Denzel Washington need to find a way to finish the story of He Got Game. All right. But He Got Game is one of the all-time movies of all time.
Um, last movie I want to speak about is Any Given Sunday. Willie motherfucking Beeman. Um, even when you think about that cast, man, you got Al Pacino as the coach. Jim Brown as a coach. You got Jamie Foxx as the quarterback. Dennis Quaid was the quarterback. He got hurt. Then he's kind of back in and out. You got Bill Bellamy. You got to think about it. Bill Bellamy at that time was still big. Um, you got LL Cool J as the running back. You got LT, Lawrence Taylor, to play a linebacker. Like, and then they had a lot of NFL players in that movie. You know, Terrell Owens was in that movie. J.J. Stokes was in that movie. Ricky uh, Ricky Waters was in that movie. Um, but, like, that, that could never be another Any Given Sunday. You know what I'm saying? It had James Woods race his ass in there. Um, my man that played in... Um, my man that played in Full Metal Jacket. I can't remember his name. Thin white guy, blonde hair. But the cast, you know, Cameron Diaz was in that movie. Um, the woman from Grumpy Old Old Man, she was in that movie. Like that movie was off the chain. Um, and and what that what that movie showed was one guy who was slept on, who finally got an opportunity. But not only was he slept on, and finally got an opportunity. He let the opportunity go to his head, and. It just it just shows you to stay grounded, and also with you know with with him being the way that he was, he he lit another fire under a coach who was a great coach who was kind of starting to fall off. And now Pacino, you know, it made him believe that he could come back to you know what I'm saying to some kind of you know I don't know. Realization or something like so with 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 Willie Beeman being on that team, it made him a better coach. You know what I'm saying? And um, the things that went down in that movie, like how PC stuff is now, that movie wouldn't. It's like it. It seemed like it wouldn't fly now. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, people are so PC with some of the stuff. Like, you, you come out with another In a Given Sunday, a 2018 or 2019 version of In a Given Sunday would be crazy. You hear me? Um, But that's all I got, man. Um, I, I didn't rate any of these movies. It was just something that I wanted to speak on. Like, I spoke on Creed earlier, Creed and Creed 2, um, Rocky. I thought about the kickboxer. Oh, man, how can I forget? White man can't jump. That's all I'm going to say. White man can't jump. But, you know, I talked about Bloodsport, Million Dollar Baby, Major League, The Sandlot, um, you know, Space Jam, Love and Basketball, Sunset Park, Coach Carter, Blue Chips, um, you know, He Got Game, um, Glory Road, The Program, Any Given Sunday, Remember the Titans, Varsity Blues, Cool Runners, Jerry Maguire, 
you know, all of those movies are my favorite sports movies. I didn't put every sports movie in there, obviously. You know, I, I never got in the field of dreams or whatever. But, man, that's just, you know, just letting y'all inside of my head. There's some of the movies I really enjoy when it comes to sports movies. Um, I hope you've seen some. If you haven't seen some, go out and watch them. They're easy to access nowadays. Um, but that's all I got, man, for uh, for the 28 minutes or less, man. Like always, like I do on the Stolen Time podcast, shout out to Scoops Bronson, Detroit Gang, of the Already Home podcast. You know, shout out to Casey who supplied all the music on that new one that you hear that I started it out with that's playing now. It's called Misplaced. That's his latest track that he put up. I told him, dude, this is one of my favorite beats you ever put together. I love this joint right here. Um, you know, uh, shout out to him. Shout out to uh, Mark. Shout out to Sinclair. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate everybody who's been rocking with me all this time. Um, numbers are getting up there. So I appreciate all y'all. Go follow the Stolen Time podcast page. On either iTunes or SoundCloud, and follow the Stolen Time podcast page on Facebook. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter, same handle S. Foster, the number eight, you spell that dot out. Um, that's all I got though, man. I appreciate everybody who's been tuning in, keep tuning in. And until the next time, your boy is out.